Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. We'll be bringing you more live shows with them as the season goes on, and if you're into coffee, they've partnered with Brad Barrett's Tiki Tonga Coffee Roasters to create a new coffee. It's called 232 Brew, so go and check it out at tikitonga.co.uk if you fancy getting your hands on some of that. Jim and Goody are with me as usual, and friend of the show Darren Cave is with us again this week. How are you lads? I'm alright, I'm pretty happy to be fair. Why are you so happy? Well, I'm not necessarily overly happy. I'm just happy today. I don't know. I had to wait until after the game to book my flights. Wouldn't have been able to listen to Goody. <laughs> it's good to be here. No pressure. Hey. Number one, two, two weeks in a row, are we? Yeah. yeah. So the Darren Cave effect normally will be oh about number six. Oh my God, we're not even going to be top ten. Lads. <laughs> have, you, have you got a notification that comes through on your phone, Goody? Like that literally comes through the minute and then you bang, bang, bang it on Twitter. Mate, when you run the podcast, you just know when we're number one. Right? That's, <laughs> that's all that happens. Anyway, I want to talk about you. Why are you so happy today? I know why. Why? Kids have gone back to school, haven't they? Yes, they have. I didn't, mate. <laughs> didn't even cross my mind that. That must be what it is. Half so, term is done and the kids are back at school. Jim is back to being himself. Me ears still hurting. Perfect. Oh, God, yeah. let it go. Might be infected now, but really? uh, picked up an injury in the gym this morning. PB, deadlift. 60 kilos? 180, 180 kgs. And you're back going. Blow me knee out, I swear. <laughs> More importantly, what are you doing? What are you doing deadlift for? Yeah, yeah. Just, just rolling about the ears. If you if for you go to the gym, abs, guns, something deadlift. Yeah, that, that is the last thing I would want to do. Dumbbell bench, guns, yeah. triceps, shoulder press. That's my that's yeah, my. There you session. go. Goody's giving you oh some advice. On that. Goody, and there's oh a man. There's a man who knows what he should be doing in the gym. I've got oh. Mister Blobby in a suit, <laughs> and I've got a bloke that's not skeletal now. I ain't taking advice. I am strong as an ox. I do have a, I do have a question for you though. Go on then. Well, so for all our listeners. We do uh, our podcast at our studios here in central London. Nice toilet outside. And every time you come in, you walk up the stairs. And as I walk up the stairs, I can't even breathe anymore. But I have to have a sit down. And my sit down is sitting on the sofa. You always come in and you go, I just need to go for a wipe, a courtesy wipe. I'm trying to work out if I'm weird. And Darren, you can answer this as well, KB. The only time I ever wipe my ass is if I go for a shit. Yet Jim must wipe his ass five, six, seven times a day when he doesn't shit on top of that. The courtesy wipe is weird. James, really? I've yeah. heard of I've heard of a courtesy flush where you go and you flush straight away to get rid of the smell and then you wipe and tidy up and what are you wiping when you sweat, generally. <laughs> sweat. I don't think it's that unusual. I've had a lot of people just give me the wink and I know what they mean. <laughs> that means courtesy wipe. So we had the big debate. I think it was last season about how you wipe your ass, whether it's round the back or in between your legs. And we put it out to the masses, didn't we, about how who was weird. Now everyone said you're weird for going through the legs. But it wasn't it wasn't as big a golf as you think. So it I'm was not- massive, mate. People were leaving me messages on the like right on bits of paper and just dropping it on my lap on the train on the way home. They were like, Jim's weird. I'm round the back, never through the legs. It's a great podcast, isn't it? So put it out to the masses. <laughs> Do you courtesy wipe, yes or no? Because Jim does, I don't. I mean, that's some great content there. I mean, Goody's doing everything he can just to avoid talking about the, the rugby yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, what maybe, happened? maybe. One minute you're talking about back-to-back world champions on the cusp of victory. What happened, mate? Just sums up the English, doesn't it? <laughs> you, you're English last just, week. Just sums up the English. Are you English this oh, week or not? Mate, I'm Scottish. You're South African, mate. Jim Vander Hamilton. <laughs> what a clown. What an absolute clown. <laughs> I got some absolute pelters. I kind of thought to myself, I was like, is it too soon? I mean, me and Sia, um, we're good mates. You've interviewed um, him once. We're I good mean, mates. He doesn't even know who you are. So he was going to come on the show today. He's on a flight. He's on a flight. He's going. He was going to call me from the plane, but I just said, "Look, mate, take your time." <laughs> Get back home. I said, we'll chat when you get back. You said, so, no, don't worry, we've got KV on this week. Yeah, we've got KV. <laughs> we've got a bigger name. We have, mate. Yeah, so I put my uh, Twitter handle to Jim Vander Hamilton and my profile picture. And as we know, rugby is turning into football in some senses. Getting abused online. Absolutely loved it. 10 more followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the low point of the World Cup. The Mount of Melons or Helmets, as Andy calls yes. them, on Twitter is at an all-time high. It's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? You cannot say a thing. I tweeted something a couple of weeks ago about Alan jones and just how he's a legend and ended up being this helmet talking about uh, Itoji this. And I'm going, like, I'm not talking. I'm just saying the guy's now the second most cap player of all time and he's a bit of a legend it's not about Atuja it's not about and it just it gets very nasty very quickly I bet he was fat and bold sorry I bet he was more the obese <laughs> and, and then it turned into why is everyone so anti English like we're you know and oh mate social media mate it's it's one of them things where it's so good yet so bad why do people get so nasty though don't know what the name calling no idea they hear Jim called me fat and bold no, every, every week that, that, that's what they say I love how we're literally 
segue in yeah. away from should England, we, should we go back to England? 50 points put on them. We could just bring the show back to England, Goody. Oh, okay. I mean, the bus was late. Some say it's still on its way. Uh, what happened? Oh. 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 How did New Zealand get on? Oh, you came third. Now, what happened? Listen, South Africa physically dominated us. And it wasn't just about the scrum. Um, the scrum was obviously a massive factor. But England were under pressure. Um, and we did things in that first half that you saw passes going to deck. You know, we started running it from our own inside our own try line. When have we done that? And that's pressure. That's a World Cup final. And I said it last week, World Cup finals and huge games like that can put different pressures on players and do things you just don't normally do. And, and that's what England did a bit. It fell into the trap of, you know, trying to think that they can have to chuck it around everywhere to break down the South African team where the South Africans came in with a, oh, not even a limited game plan, just doing what they do, playing to their strengths. Uh, and they were phenomenal. You, you know, Carl Sinclair gets knocked out after two minutes, three How minutes. How crucial was that? I, I don't think it makes a difference. Did it make that much of a difference? Because Coley, yeah, I, Coley I got it, hosed in the scrum. Yeah. But Sinclair, is he a better scrummager than Coley? I don't think that that was the thing. I think when Sinclair went off and there was a couple of things that happened where there was England lost all momentum. So if, if they wanted to take the momentum from that New Zealand game into that game, it, it was all gone after five minutes. And Sinclair's, not the fact that he might have done better in the scrum, because we'll never know. It was the fact that there was such a long delay for him going off um, or walking off in the end. And then, you know, there was a, you put Courtney Laws' penalty for not rolling away in there. And I just think the momentum got taken mm. away from, from England. Whereas last week, it was just rapid from, from minute one all the way through to, to half time. So, yeah, I mean, you can talk what you want about England. Let's just celebrate how good South Africa were. Playing, yes, we will. Playing to their That's- strengths. Bit of magic to win it. Obviously, it was a, a fairly tight, turgid affair at times that South Africa were dominating then. The bit of magic from Am, who gets the ball in that, that little no-look pass. I mean, how big are your minerals in a World Cup final to go no-look ridiculous. when you could probably score it pass, yourself? Yeah. And then Fit- Colby's finish was just ridiculous. With South Africa, we all said the physical and the this game plan. We questioned their X-factor. But it was actually those two tries, and they're two of the best tries of the tournament. Incredible. I couldn't believe it. I've never been so into a rugby match that essentially the result had actually nothing to do with me. And after it was all over, I was just absolutely gutted. For four years, we've got to sit and you, wait so you, for it to come back. So you were gutted that England lost. Thanks, mate. That's really uh, nice of you. Really, nice. really nice of an Irishman to say that. I find um, I was almost a wee bit emotional about the, 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 the coverage was just so uh, overwhelming. The Khaleesi and South Africa and what's all done. And I was sitting there um, just nursing, nursing the daughter. I found myself welling up watching that going... And, you, and, you look, and then you look down and you find out you were breastfeeding at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought she, I thought she'd shit her nappy. It was actually mine. <laughs> yeah. Matt, I know what you mean. And again, we obviously take the piss on it and I love that bit. And there are serious elements to what we do. And I mentioned that I know Sia, he knows me, we follow each other. I went to South Africa, right, in December last year. And we did a, a documentary on rugby over there. So Rugby Explorer in, on South Africa for Rugby Pass. And... I got to spend a bit of time with ex-players who were involved in the apartheid days. I don't know if I mentioned before, but I got to in- interview Sia Khaleesi. Have you said that? Yeah, I don't know if oh, I have. Okay. Um, but it was more of just hanging out. You're more kind of friend. No, yeah. it, was just, it was just an yeah. interview. Mm. Yeah, basically he got rushed through by a security guard, said we've got 20 minutes and then he needs to leave. Um, <laughs> but then I, but I actually got to spend some time in some of the townships and stuff like that and coach rugby in, in some of the poorest places I've ever been. And then naturally, for the documentary, but more for my personal kind of interest, was what inspires you to play rugby and pick up a ball? And there was a lot of things that they spoke about in these townships and crime being the number one thing that they wanted to get away from. Crime, not poverty. But you could clearly say they were fucking so poor. It was harrowing. Like Sia said, no boots, no shoes. They're wearing clothes that are too big for them with holes in. And then I'd sit down and talk to them. You just see how happy they were with the rugby ball. And I'd say to them, who's your favourite players? I thought they were going to say, say me, obviously. Sia <laughs> um, Khaleesi was mentioned a few times. Nearly every single one of them said Cheslin Colby. Every single one of them. Uh, because I'm not speaking out of tone here. I don't want to be politically incorrect. So the community of poverty in South Africa is largely... Um, people of colour so not necessarily from the black community where C is from so a lot of these young lads coming through and the way that he plays as well is a hero and so is Sia obviously and there's been a lot of talk about Sia so I, I was similar to you like I was watching it and it was it was it was powerful beyond measure in terms of what sport can do and if there was any team that I suppose anyone wanted to win yes there was Japan in the leader but the story of South Africa probably more in terms of what we've seen after the tournament. So if people didn't know about the story of South Africa 
and the political issues that they've got and see a story that you can see on rugbypass.com if you want to have a look. And Cheslin Colby and My Pimpy as well. I mean, his story as well is unbelievable. My Pimpy. My Pimpy. So I think I'm with you, KV. The other thing on it, actually, when you talk about that, Francois Pinar, who captained the team in 95, Nelson Mandela wearing his shirt and everything like that. That was not long after apartheid. Yeah. And not long after South Africa were allowed back into play international competition for rugby and they host the World Cup. He said this World Cup win and where the nation's at now is greater than what happened in 95. The fact that Khaleesi's a black captain um, and everything to do with it, like what you said, it is phenomenal. That country is a, it's a beautiful place having lived there, played there, you know, and there are huge issues there that are going on. And as Sir Khaleesi said in all his interviews this is the start and hopefully they can sort of help mend a country that is at pains with itself. Yeah, I think that was the thing. I think the iconic image that we're all used to seeing, obviously Francois Pinar in 95, Martin Johnson in 2003, and then the Seer, you just saw, I think because the thing is with Seer, <coughs> getting emotions, my friend, I'm not. <laughs> I think the thing is with Seer is because he is such a nice guy on top of everything else. And in, when I sat down interviewing, I don't know if I told you that, but I just couldn't believe how humble he was. And he, he said to me about the pressures that he felt, not just because he was playing for South Africa and the fact that he was captain, but the external pressures and the and, and the pressures that he put on himself. Because he couldn't believe where he'd come from to where he was now. And, you know, I think that that's a very nice kind of trait to have. Like, he, he's been given the captaincy, uh, the first black captain uh, to captain South Africa, which I am find very bizarre still that this is still a thing, that we have to... The fact that we've got to put them words together, that, that's what I, f- I find quite bizarre. But on, in terms of the rugby, in the lead up to it, I thought England were going to win. Uh, I genuinely did. I picked South Africa before the tournament. I think I was the only one in this room. Uh, <laughs> did you as well? Yeah. But from my opinion, from my expert, non-expert opinion, is the difference with South Africa and all the teams that England have played, I mentioned it in the lead up to the game, is the physicality that they've got. I'm different, Scooty. I think the scrum had a massive impact on the game. I've been in scrums before where you're going forward and you're hosing the opposition and the energy that you gain. I've never been in a scrum that's gone back like England scrum did and won a game. So I've, I can't think, I was trying to think back when I've been in that position before. For me, the way that South Africa d- defended in terms of physicality and sh- players shooting out, obviously Steph the Toy coming off the line, South Africa are probably one of the only teams in the world that can do that because they can tackle guys like Manu Tuolangi, the Vunapolas one-on-one. So they've got the physicality to do that so they can take risks in defence that other teams can't. I, I thought that physically the teams were quite matched. They're probably the two most physical teams in the world. And I thought England were the team that had the sort of bit of X factor that South Africa didn't have. But that's the thing that when you look at how they defended and Jim talks about it, Mapimpi and Colby, I think Billy Vunapola got his leg lifted by one of them. I'm like... Uh, unbelievable and they were closing down any little opportunity that England had those wingers were reading it unbelievably yeah, well they were, they, like, they were like Cabana back in the day in 07 it was you know credit to South Africa everything they did it was phenomenal and there's one thing that I'm going to blame on the on the loss to South Africa it's not the bus it's not the scrum don't Referee. say the ref don't say the ref it's not Jerome Garces because he was shit but <laughs> South Africa was still way better fucking James Haskell he went into training he ruined it for oh, us man. he went into, he was Saw invited him. into training for why is he going into why training? is he going to Eddie training Jones in the week of the final and he's just ruined it for us but I blame James Haskell we were on course to win it he goes into training the bus becomes late and then we lose the game Phil Gorman has tweeted and asked if Warren Gatlin was right when he said they may have peaked in the semi-final did the pressure of the final and being favourites get to them I'm not sure it was just pressure i do think when you put in a performance like that it is hard to back it up the next week and i thought gatlin when he made that comment was a hundred percent right playing like that like i mean obviously i was never lucky enough to play at that level and it only was luck james i was good enough um <laughs> Wait, why are you looking at me so was i <laughs> uh, no, Jimmy, but when you put in a, perfor- a massive performance and then you have to back it up the next week it's very very hard to do i've seen it in club rugby with teams uh, winning the champions cup and then losing the domestic final the week after it is hard to back oh, up from a it. massive high we did it the other way around at leicester we won the league against gloucester smashed gloucester in a final and the next week we lost to wasps in the that's what i mean back in this cup final yeah. so i i do think he had a point i'm not sure it comes down to pressure i think yeah. it's just emotional get up um so he was right you can't bagging what are you gonna bag England about yeah some people have said oh England it was embarrassing and all this stuff Fuck, it fucking wasn't South Africa were phenomenal and mm. you tip your hat tip the slipper as Jim said to them um they were unbelievable Rock and Run has tweeted and he's asked what do you think of some of the players refusing to wear their medals it's been talked about a lot yeah I mean well, yeah, it's I- being talked about by people that have never been in a position where you've been given a medal in a final that you've just lost 
So these are press people that think they know everything about the game, but haven't ever experienced that and what it's like. We've all played in finals that we've lost. You know, I've had played in finals for Leicester when I've been absolutely shocking. It's actually how um, my WASC contract, because I played so badly for Leicester in a final that WASC gave me my other match, even though I was playing for Leicester. <laughs> so <laughs> a few years later, they gave me a contract. Um, but it's it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? Whatever, oh, whatever final it is. Yeah, I yeah. think you're... It's a two-horse race. Do you know what I mean? So you win or lose. That that's ultimately what it comes down to. It isn't, you know, it's not. You're not. It's not a three positions on the podium there, and everyone's a winner, and someone just wins more by winning gold. Literally, you get to that game, winner takes all. That's it. And if you don't win, you're not taking anything. And I don't, I don't even know. I saw a bit of it. I didn't even bother reading the rest of it. I just thought, well, people deal with it in different ways. Some of the boys yeah. had the medals on. Some people would be absolutely devastated. Some people would be thinking what they could have done differently. And they're not going to wear it with pride now, are they? It's going to be something that they look back on and be like, wow, I played at a, a World Cup final. Like Cavey said earlier, <laughs> you, you, I mean, at a stage now where I think you just pick and choose what you read and what you look into. So, they, they, them England lads should be extremely proud exactly. of what they've done. And, you know, that game against New Zealand, I don't care what anyone says, that's the best game, the best performance I've seen from a single team ever. So there's, there's a lot to be proud about and they'll look back on it and I think they'll be yeah they'll be gutted but it's not as if the game was close they got well beaten yeah and I saw again on social media someone had compared it to the New Zealand game but again that's a different thing even though mm. it's a bronze medal they've actually won on the day so when you compare a picture of like Sinclair or Toji not putting their medal on to a picture of all the All Blacks bowing to the crowd with the bronze medal in, it's not really a fair comparison no. um, but it's just I think it's a it's a personal thing personally if I had lost in a World Cup final I'd had no problem like just out of respect putting the medal around my neck and leaving it there but I would have no problem with somebody saying for me Silver is a failure, but I don't think they'll view that when they're grey and old. Jerome Garcia, what do you guys think of him? No, I'll, I'll, I'll. This is this is controversial for the rugby pod. Oh, I don't think he's that bad a referee. Oh, KV, get out! Are we, you, KV? Mate, I don't, I don't bag him. That I much. think. Oh, Jimmy, what, what is? I'll turn coach Jim again. What is good as a player, and as it's, they do not communicate as well. No doubt, we had Pat in the quarterfinal last year against Leinster because English is not their first language. They do not communicate to the same level. So you're blaming him. Um, there you go, another one. We would have won that game, no doubt, if <laughs> like we had an English speaking ref. Even though I'm uh, fluent in French, bonjour, ça va. But. I do think in terms of... I don't think they're that bad referees. I think it is easier to watch. And as a player, it is slightly easier when the referee's um, commentating the whole way, instructing you what to do. But I don't think they actually have to do that. I don't think they're obliged to sort of tell you as a player what to do. Um, I think it makes it easier. But sorry to be controversial. No, yeah, I don't, I don't think the French I mean, ref's that I'm bad. In the, yeah. I'm in the middle of it. I mean, whatever happened, Jerome Goss says didn't affect the result at all. Yeah, there's things that you look at and you know, even Ben Schemes trying to get involved. Oh, I just want to share the it was never a forward pass. Any England fan that thought that pass was forward for the try, I mean, you're deluded. But Ben Skeen had to get involved, didn't he, just in case he didn't get any airtime. But mm. um yeah, listen, Jerome Gar says I didn't think he had a good game. Uh I thought the scrum was, you know, there were clear penalties to South Africa, but it's always the breakdown. It's always so who knows what's what he's gonna do. And there were turnovers that shouldn't have been turnovers, but Irrelevant to Jerome Garces, South could win that game however it's refereed. Before we talk about where England go from here, let's hear what Eddie Jones made of it all when he spoke after the game. Look, I, I don't know why we didn't play well today. And this is one of these things that happens in, in high-level rugby. We thought our preparation this week was good, but in the end of the day it wasn't because we didn't play well. Um, and you can have the most investigative debrief of your game and you still don't know what was wrong. It just happens sometimes. Um, it's not a good day for it to happen. You know, we're going to be kicking stones now for four years. And, that's, and it's hard to kick stones for four years. Um, so we're massively disappointed. But, um, you know, at the same time, I've got great admiration for what the players did. I can't, can't tell you how much respect I've got for them, how hard they've worked how they played well in this final. We came short today, but it's not because of lack of effort, mate. Yeah, we're disappointed we're not the world's best team. Um, we finished second, and the silver medal's not as good as the gold medal, but it's a silver medal, and I'm proud of my players. I'm proud of the way they've conducted themselves in Japan. I think they've been great ambassadors for English rugby and for the sport of rugby. So where does Eddie go from here? Does he stick around? Yeah, I think he does. I almost think it's a ridiculous question, and I was listening to the 
interviews driving to Leicester, actually. So I was listening to that and, and, and one of the guys on BBC Five Live, who actually, by the way, I think doing commentary and doing the radio stuff must be so hard because you're just speaking the whole time. But the interviews, I don't know who did the interview, but I heard it on there and someone said to him, so so what now then? So, so where do England go from here? And Eddie Jones was offended by the question. And I bet I... I I could. I, when he asked the question, I thought the same thing. I was like, straight, well, what do you mean, where do you go? You've just been in the final of a World Cup, big fella. Uh, 100%. England would have been happy in the semis, I think. I, I genuinely think that. He'll stay, I reckon, for a couple more years. And if they keep improving, so they get a Grand Slam next year, he, he might stay on for, for another four. But I know they're trying to get him, or there's talk of him signing. I think Borthwick's definitely leaving. Uh, will they keep John Mitchell, who, by the way, probably didn't go into this England camp with amazing credentials and now he's come out there as one of the best coaches now in the world clearly if you look at England's defence so you know Eddie Jones for me uh, he's turned me said a few ridiculous things along the way but he's clearly in my opinion a very very good coach I second that if he was saying judge me on the World Cup like genuinely 18 months ago we were laughing at him he was the team weren't going well his selections were shambles the stuff he was saying in press conferences and I'm not one of these people that think that if you don't win a World Cup it's uh um, you know, people say there's winners and losers, so it's gold and everyone else. I don't think like that. I think England um, have been amazing. They're very unfortunate to win it. They're in a great place. Loads of young players. He's done a, he's done a really good job. And you'd be surprised if they didn't win the Six Nations. So I think... Grand Slam guaranteed. Well... Oh, here he is. <laughs> all I know is Eddie Jones, great coach and a great friend. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, he's changed again, hasn't he? But he's got two years. And it's interesting. He's he's, he's done an interview or two, hasn't he? Um, and he said that this, this World Cup team is finished. And you can construe it whichever way you want. But he said, look, some guys will lose desire. Some guys will lose fitness. Some guys will get injuries. And there'll be some young guys coming through. So this team is finished now. We'll make a new team for the Six Nations. And that new team for the Six Nations will be the basis of going to the next World Cup. Oh. Who's he talking about, though? That's interesting. So you look across our squad, and there isn't many players in that squad that wouldn't have the opportunity to get to the next World Cup. Just go through the starting team, then. So, Mako, he might still make it. Jamie George is going to make it. Sinclair. Sinclair, he's definitely making it. You've got Itoji, who's definitely making it. Courtney Laws is on the edge, probably. What's Courtney now? Yeah. So he may, he may not. Courtney may not. Okay, so then the back row, you've got Curry and Underhill. They're both young. They're definitely making it. Billy Vanapola, he's still going. He's going to make the next World Cup. Ben Youngs, is he one? Probably not. You know, then Owen Farrell, George Ford, they've definitely got another World Cup cycle in them. Um, Manu Tuolang, he has if he's, if he's fit. And he is. I wonder if Eddie looks at this squad, right, and he looks at the selections that he made in the final and if he's got any regrets. I wonder if he looks at it and thinks... Where do you think he should have regrets? I mean, hindsight. Hindsight, if you would have listened to what South Africa said in the build-up and you look where they were strong in the forwards and there was a change at half-time and when I'm looking at it, for me, Courtney Laws is a fantastic player and he is a better rugby player overall than George Cruz. I'm a little bit old school and I've changed my mind recently because I haven't felt the scrum and the line-out were as important. Where... England dominated New Zealand in the semi-final with a line-out and they threw Curry up. You look at that South African pack, they needed to pick, in my opinion, they, England needed to pick something, in hindsight this is, different in terms of a scrum. When you're judging a performance from week to week, completely. So in hindsight, you know, I also said he might drop George Ford or change his bloody role, mate, and then play Farrell at 10, which he went to after 50 minutes when the game was lost. But you, you're right, you, you do question, and would Eddie Jones come out in public and say it? Probably not. I think the, in hindsight, thing. the only one I think he could have considered changing was the one at, at 10. But Ford has been had been one of the best players throughout yeah. the World Cup, and it says you guys keep harping on about it. South Africa, it was always going to be a little bit harder to get that momentum that England are so used to, and that when they have, Ford is so effective. So that's probably the one. But I, I, think, um, I think Ford had done enough to just justify that Mero's uh, described it as one of the most painful experiences in his life how difficult is it going to be for these players to pick themselves back up and go back into club rugby and, and champions cup next week ah oh, they'll be all right buy, buy a new house when they get home and <laughs> listen they'll, they'll get managed you know i think alex anderson said it the other week didn't they about uh, they're only allowed to play seven games um in the prem yeah. in the prem saracens will do it better than any other team they've got actually most of the players in the squad in the key for, positions for, you know yeah. they've got and it's all relevant. So who they're playing this week, I'm sure no one will play this week. <laughs> Genji, that's, maybe? That's start, well, sorry. I'm sure no one will play this week that started the World Cup final. 
for their club. But then you've got Launchbury's hardly played, Genji's hardly played. Genji will be straight back yeah, in for Yeah, I, I think there'll be some of them that will be mad keen for it, won't they? Yeah, you know, McConaughey and Cock and a Singer. And Mate, that's what Martin Johnson did. In 2003, John O's come back from the World the Cup week. and he played the next week. I think, they lost, against, I think they lost against Northampton away. But no, they lost at Bath, Bath at home. Oh, did they? Because I went, I went up there to watch the game. I re-signed for Leicester that day. Shipped 40 points at Ulster as well? Yeah. A couple of weeks after? Yeah, yeah. and then we battered you at our place. Yes. The next week, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> battered, yeah, like, <laughs> with an exclamation point. Yeah. I was there, I was there. But that was the year that Dean Richards got sacked for Leicester. Yeah. 03 all those boys come back you think the cavalry's coming back you think oh don't worry they're all going to be fine but mentally it's a good question mentally it's going to be very tough and there'll be certain players like Itoji and Farrell who you know will wear the hurt as a badge of honour and, and try and blitz everything in front of them uh, and there'll be other players that yeah I saw Johnny Mays interview afterwards I'm like <laughs> Well, no, there wasn't. There wasn't any of that. I thought, you know, you, you feel for him. He, he looked flat. I mean, look, yeah. we're, we're, you can't. You can't have them played in the final. Um, so, in terms of the World Cup, the biggest game of your lives in the build-up to that, you can't imagine. Like people will deal with it differently, won't they? Players will deal, deal with it completely different. Well, we can speak to a South African legend now, or Springbok legend, uh, who actually was on standby for this World Cup squad as well. Ryan Pina joins us. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to chatting to you guys. Yeah, good to have you on, mate. Um, first and foremost, uh, where were you when you watched the uh, the tragic game for England? No, sorry, the amazing game for South Africa and winning the World Cup at the weekend. Uh, I'm actually on tour with the Toyota Cheetahs now. We're in Cardiff, so um, yeah, I managed to watch the game on Saturday morning and uh, yeah, pretty happy with the result. I'm sure you guys are not, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a good few days for us. Oh, mate, it's been absolutely epic. Um, I've only just come to realise today through Tim's note that you were actually on standby for the World Cup. Is, am I right in saying that or not? Is this just something ridiculous that Tim's thrown in there? Um, yeah, I think they phoned me, I think, after the first game against New Zealand and I think they had to get a list together of players that's on standby if there's injuries and they phoned me up and I said, yeah, sure, um, I'll be on standby. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, no one got injured and so I didn't make Japan, but um, yeah, I'm really, really glad the guys uh, got the win there. I think, you know, as a South African, we we really need that, and um, I uh, yeah, I know that it's uh, meant a lot to the whole of South Africa. Oh, mate, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second. But just yeah. b- being on standby and with Razi Erasmus bringing in some of the kind of older guard, you know, guys like Scott, Scott Brits as well that we know very well. What's he yeah. like as a coach? I I'm not just saying that now uh, because I'm a Glory supporter, but. I've always yeah. been a massive fan of Razzie and the way that he goes about his business, his press yeah. conference. You see him interacting with the guys on the training field. He's being lifted in the line out, his jogging bottoms. Um, what's he like as a bloke? Yeah, I think he's a very likeable guy. And he's just involved. And yeah, I've spoken to Francois Fang quite a bit while he's been in camp. And he said they've had a, a lot of meetings every day. So um, so I think a lot of planning's gone into this World Cup. And I think Razzie... He's a really clever coach and I think all the preparation leading up to the World Cup has been absolutely spot on. I think, um, you know, going over to Japan earlier, playing Japan over there, um, you know, all the, all the warm-up games, I think they've, they've really planned um, well and I think they've chosen the results. I think if you look through the World Cup, I think they probably went underneath the radar a little bit and they, uh, I don't think much of much uh, has been spoken about, uh, you know, cause, uh, about them as as uh, contenders. Really, I think New Zealand and England was always going to be the two favourites, um, you know, leading into the playoff games. But um, yeah, I mean, Rossi's planning has been brilliant from what I've heard. Um, so um, yeah, players all knew what was needed of them, and and I think they executed it uh, pretty well. Ryan, there's been a lot of talk about what this is going to do for South Africa as a country. We saw it um, on social media. We've seen it after the game. I know you're actually on tour at the minute in uh, South Wales, but can you give us a bit of a feel for what it's like back home? How big is this uh, for the future of South Africa? Um, yeah, I think we've obviously seen what it meant to the country in '95 and then again in '07. But um, you know, the country has got a lot of negative things going going on at the moment, and a lot of people have sort of lost hope in uh, in the country and uh, a lot of negativity around the country. But you know, sport brings people together somehow, and and for for us, rugby is is that uh, you know exactly what it does for for the country. So I think if you can if you can recall what Sia said afterwards, you know it's um, people from all walks of life, poor, rich, um, you know, black, coloured, white guys coming together working for one goal. And um, you know I think if a team like South Africa can achieve something like this on the global stage, you know that just brings a bit of positivity you know around the country as well. If uh, you know if there's a test match played on a weekend. 
the only thing people talk about on the Monday morning is what the Springboks did, how did they play. Um, you know, to, so to, to win a World Cup is a massive achievement, not only for the team, but but for the country as well. So hopefully people will sort of take the same approach and, uh, you know, start working together and, in, you know, trying to bring a, a little bit more of, more positivity around the, the country. And, uh, you know, that's that's what the team stood for during this last seven weeks. And, and I'm sure once they, um, you know, arrive back home, they'll they'll feel the love of the nation and hopefully it will just bring bring everyone closer again. Obviously, you play with a lot of the guys, especially the Beast. Um, yeah. uh, for the Sharks and you know obviously we played together there as well Ruin. don't forget that I'm the worst, yeah. worst fly half we've ever played with but um, how much of it the, the beast and his impact from scrum time uh, as a scrum yeah. half having seen that done against yeah. teams how much of an impact did that have on the whole game uh, was it the telling factor completely I think so yeah I think in a, in a game like the World Cup final your set piece will always be massively important and I think once England lost Carl Sinclair you know which, which he's been fantastic for England throughout the, the, the World Cup and to lose him so early on was a massive blow not taking anything away from Dan Cole but you know the South African pack dominated Every team they played from the start, you know, they scrummed well, they balled well, they line out, line outs functioned well. So I think if you've got that in place, then it's always going to be, uh, you know, you're always going to be in good shape. Um, but I think no one expected them to, to perform as well as they did in the World Cup final. So they just completely outmuscled the English back and, you know, and it's, it was a bit of a surprise because that's what they did to New Zealand in the semi final. But, um, yeah, I think Eastie and, I think that old front row um, was massive during the World Cup, and, and then not taking away the you know the the locks that uh, you know Lewski, Archer, Eben Etzebeef, um, all those guys coming off the bench made a massive impact. So they didn't lose any power or any momentum once they made changes as well. So um, yeah, the pack was just just immense during this World Cup. It was awesome. Um, talking of awesome, and talking about a good friend of mine uh, now, and a guy that you've played with, uh, Sir Khaleesi. Um, there's naturally now a huge amount of talk about him his influence and his story um i know you probably know him a lot, a lot better than any of us do so what's he like yeah. as a man and and how big is it his story to be able to come yeah. through and, and go on and lift a, and win a world cup yeah i think it's an incredible story from where he came from in the rural areas in south africa not really you know really standing a massive chance of really making anything of his life and he just is Decided, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. He's worked hard. You know, CL works incredibly hard on and off the pitch, and he's not the most vocal guy. So I think having a guy like Scott Brits and Francois Stone and, and Dwayne Vermeulen and around him was, uh, you know, was massive. But um, no, I think the the story around CL is is incredible, and I think that's that's again, you know, what South Africa is about. It's uh, giving people a chance. Giving them hope, and, and you know, it shows that if you work hard, and you can achieve anything. And um, you know, I think CR is, you know, he fully deserves it. Uh, he's uh, worked incredibly hard to get where he, uh, he is today, and um, he's been a great captain. So I think, from a South African point of view, you know, again, it's it's great to see a story like that, and for him captaining a side to winning a World Cup is is, is uh, outstanding. And you and I both have some amazing uh, World Cup memories. I beat, yep. uh, I beat, uh, was it Georgia or Romania? One of the big ones. I beat, uh, I beat Romania in 2015, and you played in three World Cups, winning it in 2007. Tell yep. us what it's like to win a Rugby World Cup. What will those players be feeling like now? Uh, I think they've got a bit of a headache still. Um, <laughs> from what I've seen, you know, the celebrations have been pretty good. But um, no, I mean, you work so much, so hard, and so much energy goes into. You know, to win the World Cup, and um, you know, I think they—I don't think many people gave them a chance. I think from where they were two years ago, rock bottom, lost against Italy, um, you know, lost against Argentina away, were five or six or seven in the world rankings. Um, you know, to come back and and win a World Cup is you know is a massive achievement. So yeah, I think the guys will will take a bit of a, a rest on the plane until they hit South Africa again. I think the party will start all over again, but. Uh, yeah, I'm very proud to be South African. I'm very proud of what they've achieved, and um, I'm sure they'll they'll spend a few or we'll have a few more beers in the next next coming weeks. And Piney, just looking forward, um, the Lions tour is coming up in two years' time. Uh, yeah. You're still going strong, 35 years of age. Are you, um, oh. Razzie, I know Razzie Erasmus is moving upstairs. Are you going to still be playing come the Lions tour in two years' time and, and try and have a crack at that? Um, I'm still fine with it here um, until I think May 2021. So I'm not sure I might miss that one. I'm, I'm not too sure. We'll see how the old legs um, hold up. But um, yeah, I think South African rugby, they're losing quite a few players, players abroad. And they're going to Japan, coming to Europe. So I think after a World Cup like this, you know, it's going to be um, tough to see all those guys leaving. And 
interesting to see um, if they'll be able to to select them while they while they're abroad. But um, yeah, I, I think probably most that. But um, yeah, you never know. I'll, I'll see. I'll see how it goes. Yeah, that tour will be class. Uh, talking of old legs, we've obviously got KV um, in the studio yeah. with us. We're still trying to see and work out, actually, was he really loose or is he just really boring? He's lost about four stone. He looks like a skeleton now, but any loose stories from him in the time in the changing rooms? No, Kevin Kevin was always busy. Um, Busy, busy. (laughs) Code. He's got a lot of stories to tell and a lot of knowledge to share. Um, But um, no, Kevin is so so quiet, guy. I think he mellowed up a little bit, but um, yeah, he's not too bad. Can he, can he drink as fast as me? No, Goody, I think you're still the fastest I've ever seen. So Thank you. I, I tell that story a lot, so no, I don't think he's as fast as you. <laughs> All right, Rama, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, congratulations on the on the World Cup victory uh, for South Africa, and um, best of luck for the season coming up for you, mate. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Cheers, Rowan. Good See ya. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Goody. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. He's a top lad. Top lad. Good lad. Top lad. Very good lad. He is. He's hung out to dry there. You're always busy, are you? Busy. I think yeah. <laughs> I think we made out I think we made out not that my wife's a big listener of this podcast, <laughs> maybe we added that bit out to him, will we? No, no, that's <laughs> not um, uh, mate, busy. busy. I think you meant like, you know, training, um <laughs> student of the game, yeah. some have said. Yeah. You mentioned your missus there. My missus reckoned that she actually said that she thought South Africa were gonna win. So I'm not even the most knowledgeable person in my household about rugby. I tell you what though. He touched on it there. Now, if you're a rugger bugger and you love your ruggers like we do, the Lions tour in two years' time. How good is that going to be? It'll be oh, class. And days. me and Goody went to New Zealand a couple of years ago. I went as well. You, you were there. You, oh, yeah, the cat food. Yeah, the cat food on the floor. Cavey, <laughs> um, now you're mainstream media. We'll see if we can get you out there with yeah, that influential. That's going to be amazing. I don't know if I told you earlier in the show, but I've been to South Africa before, kind of man, man about town there. What a country. I'm not just saying that. I'm not jumping on the. I'm not jumping on the the back of the carriage, the horse's carriage, or anything like that. I am jumping telling on what? you now. It is straight up proper country. Jumping on the back of the carriage. What do you mean? The horse's carriage. The apple carriage. The apple. Yeah. The, the undercarriage. Yeah. The undercarriage. <laughs> Mate, yeah. I'm not jumping. No. The undercarriage. I'm not jumping on top of the undercarriage. Just an awesome. It's. A, it's. I, again, I. Th- I think. I don't. Again, I don't want to get political. I think. The issues in South Africa, you almost have to go and find them. They don't really find you. And every time I've been there, I lived there for a year as a youngster in Durban. I've been on safari there. I mentioned I went there last year. And there are problems. There's problems everywhere. The tour in two years there, from where we probably were talking six months ago, now is going to be absolutely epic. It will. Well, let's have a listen now to what Springboks coach Rusty Rasmus had to say following the final, especially his thoughts on handling the pressure of a World Cup final week. It was my first World Cup as a coach, so certainly expectations. Uh, I think actually the first uh, All Black game was a great test run for us in terms of handling pressure. We were terrible in that week, the way we were tense and talking about things, and we were just terrible. The whole week was a terrible build-up for that pool game. And then that actually taught us a lot about how, how we handled the quarter-final, semi-final, final, and so on. But overall, we started talking about what is pressure. And in South Africa, pressure is, is not having a job. Pressure is, is, is uh, one of your close relatives being murdered. Uh, in South Africa, there's a lot of problems, which is pressure. And we started talking about things like that. Uh, and rugby shouldn't be something that, that, that creates pressure on you. Rugby should be something that creates hope. So uh, we started talking about things that we've got a privilege of giving people hope, not a burden of giving people hope. Uh, but hope is not talking about hope and, and saying you got hope and, and tweet a beautiful tweet and, and things like that. Hope is when you play well and people watch the game on a Saturday and they have a nice braai well, barbecue for people who don't know braai is, uh, and, and have a nice barbecue and watch the game and feel good afterwards. And, and you know, no matter if your political differences or uh, religious differences or whatever, for those 80 minutes you agree with a lot of things that you normally disagree. And we just start believing in that and saying, but that's not our responsibility. That's our privilege to try and fix those things. And the moment you see it in that way, you know, it becomes a hell of a privilege and you start working towards that. And I think that was the way we tackled this whole World Cup campaign. So how good of a job do you think he's actually done with South African rugby? Unbelievable. Well, it shows you. They've won the World Cup. That's why you're on ATV. That is why. <laughs> yeah, and BT Sport. And, you know. You know, you cannot take anything away from the work he's done in two years. And it shows that it is... Anything's possible, you know, with players that you've got a leader that wants to do things his way and his way is I will get 
players from abroad playing for my country, whether they play in South Africa or in France or in Japan or in England. You know, Faf de Klerk has been one of their best players. He came to the UK and played for Sale and everyone came over and was like, oh yeah, he's not bad. He's unbelievable now. And Sale have had their part to play in that, haven't they? Yeah. And obviously Razzie backing him. And that's what you get. You back players and, you know, you, you open doors to, you know, a lot of players w- would have left and Ruin Pienaar was one of them, thinking they were never going to play for Safra again. And, you know, lo and behold, here they go. Yeah, you think of some of the big moments in the World Cup. Okay, so Francois Lowe's turnover in the semi-final against Wales comes on for Sierkalisi. He makes Sierkalisi captain. So he knows by doing that, yes, you've got a very good player, but you're going to unite a nation that still has issues. Okay, so we've spoken about that. So you make see a captain, mentioned Faf de Klerk, Franco uh, Mostart as well, the Gloucester second row. He's picking guys that are at their very best. Scout Brits, like Rumpin, I just mentioned it there. So if you've got a captain who's quite quiet, I tell you what, we'll pick Scout Brits and bring him out of retirement at 45 years old because we know that he's going to add to the environment the winning mentality of Saracens. And if you ever face England in the World Cup, i.e. the final, You've got a guy who knows the psyche of seven of you know five, six, seven of, the, of England's best players in Scout Brits. You know, Dwayne Vermeulen, man of the match. How good was he? You know, he's limping around at Toulon. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of Razzi. I feel like I, I feel like I actually think I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's done it. And you forget about like culture and all that stuff behind the scenes. He's just got the best players on the pitch. If you look at the the teams South Africa have picked over the, I remember Ireland went on a three test tour there. It was about three years ago, one yeah. summer, and you were looking and you'd never heard of any of the players mm-hmm. who like, these boys wouldn't. These boys would come to Europe and wouldn't actually do that well. They weren't that good. Whereas now there's just so many good players. It sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but he's actually just got the best players on the pitch he's kept them healthy and um fair play to him i think uh, i'm surprised to see there's chat of him moving upstairs and moving out of the job already well, he, he's made that decision that was always going to happen yeah, yeah. and i think yeah he, he's the director of rugby and head coach now he's just going up to be director of rugby isn't he so you know sport and life's about timing he's timed it very well he's like you said he's brought players back in but also he's played to their strengths completely he's not tried to do something that they're not comfortable at south africans are big men big set piece big kicking game historically look what won them the 2007 World Cup very very similar to what they're doing now you know Montgomery was kicking the goals and they were playing a territory very it's what suits South African rugby and it's very similar to what Eddie Jones has said about England he's always Eddie Jones actually said he wants to get back to playing uh to the strengths of English rugby which is you know set piece and blah 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 and good kicking game and and it did and up until the final you guys mentioned that he got some players in from Europe and from abroad uh, and gotten back playing for the Springboks. Do you think other countries should be looking at doing that as well? Because I know England don't do that. They don't let players play from overseas. New Zealand doesn't either. There's the Gitto rule. And- yeah, I think Wales need to. I think Wales need to let their players. And there's Reese Kari, who's obviously at Saracens. He hasn't played a game. I don't think anyone expected him, the loose head prop, uh, to go to Saracens and but get picked for the World Cup. So he's at Saracens. He's a Saracens player now, but because he was contracted to a Welsh region before he's allowed to go, but now under the law that they've got there, he's not going to be able to play for Wales again. Yet he's one of their best youngsters coming through. Reese Webb, would he have made a difference? Potentially, potentially not. But I think it, Wales's evolution is with, I mean, the Dragons are obviously doing well now, but don't want to speak out of turn, but Welsh rugby ain't great at the minute. So I, I think it's only going to benefit by getting some of their best players playing in the in the, in the Gallagher Premiership or even in the top fourteen, arguably. Yeah, I mean, from an England perspective, I think the, the the laws are pretty clear and the rules are pretty clear. It's to strengthen the Premiership. There's twelve clubs. I, I I think if you're an England head coach and and you start letting players go, I don't think that works. But you know, other countries agree with Jim. Wales should do it. Scotland do it. Ireland have done it, haven't they? But is there a hard and fast rule there now? Or? It's sort of. It, 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 it kind of yeah. It was Sexton was the only one um, under uh, Joe Schmidt. I think before that Tommy Bow when he was in Wales. So it's normally if you if you go you're you're finished. And um, I think it works really well for Ireland. I think every country is different. Um, I think part of the reason Ireland had a bit of a flop at the World Cup is that it's a World Cup. Uh, well, our unique point of difference throughout a four-year cycle is our player welfare and our coaches availability to players so when it comes to six nations i think we're the best prepared team our players are physically the best prepared and um, our coaches have worked with the players more than any other team so tactically we're better prepared we are ready to go and i think at world cup time we see a little bit we lose that um so eddie jones probably saw his players in the last three months more than he's seen them in the previous three mm-hmm. years so when we lose our sort of joker card we're not as dominant so i think the way we 
I think you get a, a sort of truer reflection on where the teams are at the World Cup. And I think come the Six Nations, I think you'll see our players are managed very well throughout the Interpros uh, through New Year. Um, and I think Ireland will, I don't think they'll win the Six Nations, but I think they'll sort of bounce a little bit back up and you'll see them throughout the four-year cycle continue to be near the top of it. And then join... I don't think it's choking. I just think that our point of difference goes at World Cup time. That's a bloody great point. I think it works for us, and I don't think it um, did England lose World Cup final because they don't allow players to play abroad. No. No. Did you guys watch the third place playoff? No. I did. Did you? Yeah, I did. You bloody love ruggers, don't you? You absolutely love it. Yeah, it was a fitting send-off, wasn't it, for some of the boys. Ben Smith scored a couple, played really well. Mm. Um, He's leaving. Obviously, Kieran Reid, he's jacking in. Hey, what about Sonny, Sonny Bill? He's, Sonny off, he's off to play league. Millions. Sonny Bill and Crotty played well. Millions. Yeah, he has Millions. Do you know why he's playing rugby league, though? And then he's going to play for Samoa at the World Cup. There you go. So you do know your ruggers. You only know New league. Zealand ruggers. It's, it's New Zealand, mate. Yeah, of course. Of course. It was, you know, Wales, and we said about it in the week, didn't we? It was a game that, unless you're a Kiwi, and predominantly one of the Kiwis that are leaving, who wants to play in that game? I mean, I think it's almost dangerous to play, play a game, a test match against New Zealand. If you're playing against the All Blacks, having played South Africa five days ago, ludicrous. Hey, forget the bloody long rooks that people are worried about on social media. Worry about giving lads seven days off before they've got to play. Quick word on Warren Gatlin. Legend. Legend. Yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal. It'd be interesting now to see, you know, you look at all the big teams in sport that have had someone as dominant as that at the helm. So the Man United's in football, you know, loads of other teams of that. He's been the dominant figure there in Wales and he's done a phenomenal job. How hard is it going to be to fill his boots? Right, well, before we uh, chat about the tournament as a whole, don't forget you can get your hands on a Telegraph sports subscription with a free month to start off with. If you head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod, you'll get quality analysis and insight on the World Cup in Japan and all the other rugby from the likes of Sir Ian McGeek and Danny Cipriani, Will Greenwood and more. And there's nothing to lose for Rugby Pod listeners with that free month. And then the next three months a half price as well at just 50p a week. You'll get unlimited access to all their sports coverage, insight and analysis. So make sure you're in the know with the Rugby Pod and the Telegraph. Just head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the Rugby Pod to get your 30 day free trial in three months half price. Well, obviously, uh, we had the tragedy of Typhoon Hagibis, uh, but we also saw uh, the huge success of the Japanese team and some incredible moments. How will the 2019 World Cup be remembered as a whole, do you guys think? Oh, a phenomenal World Cup. Yeah, I think it's been class. Brilliant. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah it has. Yeah. I, there was something going around on Twitter about all the stats of the engagement, the t- bums on seats, the ticket sale percentage and everything. Everything has smashed every record out of the park from every World Cup. I think it's been great. I, I'm looking at Goody and I'm a little bit worried. I'm glad it's over. I really am. Why is that, James? I just am because it's been such a good World Cup. You've over, overindulged. I've <laughs> just been working. Exactly. It's been awesome though, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I mean, standout moments, obviously the Japanese team, um, but you talk about legacies as well. So you want the knock-on effect of such a great World Cup and changes that need to be made and seeing how well Japan have done. They need to be serious conversations about how we shake up world rugby now for a team like Japan to be in the, in the rugby championship or the Six Nations I think it would probably be better in the rugby championship geographically for me I think the, the build up to the Scotland game oh mate let it go mate you went home I know, I know. And, and that's why I'm still saying how, how kind of big a turning point that was because it was class before and then it, you brought it back to actually there's a human element to all of this with, with the typhoon, how the country then brought together. The game was then played in unbelievable circumstances. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to the millions of people out there in Japan who listen to the show. Um, tip of the slipper to you. I think, yeah, I'll be remembered for probably two things. South Africa, wouldn't it? I was actually thinking as he was lifting the trophy, will there be a movie about this? You know, that's kind of how big a moment it was. And then I think for World Rugby to put the World Cup in Japan, winding back the clock was probably a bit of a risk at that stage. You know, they were sort of seen as weapon boys still a bit. And for them, not just for their team to perform so well, but for the country just to have absolutely smashed it. Uh, it's just been, as you, I think there was there was some ridiculous stat about the attendances. You know, it was uh, 99.3% or mm-hmm. something of all um, bums on seats. Um, so unbelievable. Um, just got it, it's over. Well, the World Cup has ended and it means uh, an ending to uh, a favourite segment of the show. That's or is it I'm, ending? That's what I'm upset about. Is that it? Yeah, I think it's going to end. It is. And through a heavy eye, 
Get you to see what I've done. And through a heavy eye. A heavy eye? Yeah. Get it? Eye. Um, <laughs> it's that moment of the week. It's Japan through Jim's eye, which is also known as Jim's, Jim's Jap's eye. eye. And what have we got for the last two? So I wanted to basically see if we could convert Eddie, are you okay in Japanese? Let me just see this. Here. Eddie, daijoubu. Eddie, daijoubu. I think you actually might be. Anyway, so the first one we've got is... An apprentice near a temple will recite the scriptures untaught. No idea. An apprentice near a temple will recite the scriptures untaught. So, you can think too much into something. The obvious answer is a lot closer than you think. If you're you're around the scriptures, around the temple, you'll naturally uh, be surrounded in the scriptures. Like energy, wiggle, wiggle, Mm. wiggle. Yeah. 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 Don't stop, move it, baby. All you do is drive me what crazy. It? Like you'll be a product of your wiggle, environment. wiggle. You just said the right answer. Really? People are a product of, of their, their own environment. environment. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's like me. Just hard as nails. Shit, but you played for Saracens. See you on a few trophies. And he got that? a house on the Nigeria. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> right here we go. Last one. Unless an idiot dies, he won't be cured. <laughs> So, a person needs to reinvent themselves in order to be reinvented. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've nailed it. A person needs to reinvent themselves in order to be reinvented. I've basically just said that in just a different way, haven't I? (laughs) Clown. Uh, Andy, anything? No, I haven't got anything. No, he hasn't. No, it's a tough one. See, see, I'm really good at quizzes. Yeah. And like multiple choice, that's like my... Literally, where I absolutely nailed it. Multi choice. Why'd you go A, B, C, D, and then C, it's just D, a guess, A? It's just a guess, D, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe like once an idiot, always an idiot. Well, the answer, James. Yes. And it's quite apt that this is the last Jim's chap's eye. Mate, don't get all technological on me, mate. <laughs> technological. <laughs> but basically, this is all about you. And it, the meaning yeah. of that saying in Japanese is you can't fix stupid. And you is stupid, so you can't be fixed. Mate, stupid is as stupid does. So only death will cure a fool. Well, hopefully that is the way. So um, you can't fix stupid, mate. Mate, no, no you can't do it. I can't do it. I'm drinking my tea. Oh, he's um, back to Scottish. He's back right. to being Scottish. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, with a heavy testicle, <laughs> that is the end of Japan through Jim's eye. Also known as Jim's Jap's eye. Well, should we have a have a quick chat about uh, the premiership before we get into the social media questions? Yeah, yeah. what do you want to know? Why not? I've been at the coalface. Very good know? comms again, Jim, at the weekend. Well, I tell you now, KV, you mentioned it last time you came on about the commentary difficult. I had a wobble at the weekend. Did you? Firstly, I had a wobble last week. I should mention because I mentioned someone's name Lady, incorrectly. Lady Gaga? No, I called Tom Wollstonecroft. I called him something that wasn't that. Wollstonstein or something. So, Tom... If you are a big listener, you might be, you might not be, but I'm sure you are, and your family are, and your friends, and their friends, and friends, and friends, and friends. I do apologise. Said a name wrong at the weekend, though, didn't I? Who's? Andy Simmons. Called him Matt Simmons. Well, his brother. Yeah, easily done, but still. They played against each other. Yeah, they did, but I got it right. Andy Simmons in the centre for Northampton, who were exceptional, by the way. They got Naya Vora. Um, and I said the wrong name, and it just threw me. That's all right. Man. Yeah, did, you get any, did you get any abuse? Since people love to pick up on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't search the my name in this little change. You, you, do, my, uh, you do, don't you? Do you have a good search? <laughs> do I search? No, mate. I bother me. <laughs> do you a little bit. The way you said no. Um, you know when you change the tone of your voice when you're answering a question, you're definitely lying. Yeah. Do I Google myself and put myself in the Twitter? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah. Because I don't think, and this I've had this chat with Tim before, mate. You need you need critics. You need to. You can't be keep saying you're an absolute legend everywhere you go. No, you keep saying constructive feedback, and you look amazing. You need you need people to say you got your shit house. Well, I have had a message. Oh God, Joseph Hoyle. Okay, Hoyle. has come at me. Listen to your comms at the weekend. I think your comms. I've said this to you. I think you've done really well. Yeah, yeah. You've relaxed. You've been yourself. Yeah. And you've been the clown that we all love at times. Great. Lady Gaga, the Klinsman dives, the lot. It's yeah. been brilliant. Anyway, uh, classic Jim on punditry again, saying Cipriani's ship has gone when it comes to playing for England. The ship's gone. Well, well that makes sense, doesn't it? The ship's disappeared. He said, I thought he just said stuff like that on the podcast to take the piss, but obviously not. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, that's a bit harsh, mate. It's just a Jimism. Did you reply? 
No, I didn't reply. Okay, well, there you go. give him a shout out, mate. He's right. Well, they, there's a criticism. Yeah. Hey, I need to come up with my own so, proverbs. So, in hindsight, so Cipriani talking about playing for England, you said the ship has gone. Yeah. His ship has gone. Yeah. What should you have said? The ship stayed. <laughs> stayed? <laughs> that happens on commentary. The, so, ship, the ship has sailed. Edinburgh Leinster and Edinburgh make a few silly mistakes. Richard Cockrell will be very, very frustrated. Richard Cockrell will be pulling his head. He's, he's bald. He's not, though. He could grow it. No, but at that point, did you say, Paul, did you pause? I said, I went, um, he could be pulling, uh, well, he won't he's be pulling pubes. his it's hair out. It's He'll be he's pulling himself off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you said no. pulling himself off. Yeah, I, mean, I said that, bad. and that's why. You said, pulling him, you said pulling himself off? No, I didn't. Did, I did. said, uh, he'll be pulling, well, he won't be pulling his hair out. He'll be uh, uh, scratching his head. He'll be waxing his bush. He'll be pulling his pants down. Goody, what were you doing after Wasp's victory of the weekend? Eating. I was literally about to say that. Eating or sleeping or farting. <laughs> I knew James would say All something. three. Uh, listen, no, Wasps were, you know, we needed to win that game. That was a must-win game. We, love it. Um, and also, it was great to see Leicester get the victory as well uh, in the last minute or so. Lucky. You need a bit of luck, said that. That was a controversial decision, did you see it? At Lewis the end. Lu- yeah, Lewis Ludlow turnover. But yeah, Wasps uh, needed to win that game. We've got some tough old games coming up. And had we not have got that victory, uh, we could have been in trouble. But yet again, the Andy Goode suite at the Eureka Arena was absolutely ramed in good. Was thriving. 400 people. Do they all stay in there for the game? Because when I watch Food's the game, great, mate. Food's great. Because when I watch the game, there's no one in the stands. I mean, I'm just... Just when I'm looking at it visually. <laughs> well, actually, they have... You know, I think they have way more than Saracens. But um, yeah, Saracens got a good win last minute as well. Oh, gosh. Uh, could be in trouble though, Saracens. What? Something's coming back to bite them. What's coming back to bite them? The, the salary. The mole, the mole is the salary finally... Ca- you're still trying to sell your house, aren't it's you? It's something to do with I the five-bedroom detached. I wonder why you're trying to sell your house, Jim. Mate, the mole is now put his head above the mole pit. <laughs> Andy uh, Goody, there he is. What's well, happened, Goody? I think from what you read and what you hear around the Premiership, um, it's gone to an independent committee and the Premiership might come down on Saracens like a ton of bricks. Like, no. you see what I've done there? Like a ton of bricks because houses are involved. And they oh, might go full whack, me. 35 point deduction. No comment. I'm a spokesman for the club today. <laughs> I would lo- I would love to see it. Do you know why? Because they'd still make top six probably. <laughs> well, I think if they did it off the back of last year, uh, they'd have finished 10th just above Leicester. Oh but, gosh. There you go. Um, so it'd be interesting. But I think that is about to, the shit is about to hit the fan. As they uh, say. In the Saracens household. Doesn't look great. But Northampton look amazing. Uh, some cracking young players. Title contenders. Definitely. 100%. They're going to get Laws back. They're going to get Dan Bigaroo back and Lewis uh, Ludlam. I mean, try tackling Naira Voro. You can't. There's no point. Uh, no, thanks. No. So, yeah. yeah. Who else? The last, time, the last time Northampton started three from three in the Premiership. They won it. They did. And they when was that? In two, when they beat Saris in the final with a controversial pick and go in extra time? God, I know my ruggest. <laughs> did this come through from producer Tim? No. I've never even heard of this league. What's it yeah. called? <laughs> Should we look at some social media oh, questions? Oh, God, let's. Quite a few people are still asking, Jim, if, you, if you're coming out of retirement, if you had any offers. Well, I've blown the knee out today and a pile popped out as well. On the <laughs> so, well, <laughs> something's telling me, something's telling me the body is breaking down. <laughs> Break it down! I think a pile it's, popped out. It's, it's, it, Jim, it's my turn then. There's not many things I didn't achieve in my career. We all know that. Barbarians. What, never what did it. Mate, never did okay. it. Well, and all I know is there's a fixture against Brazil coming up. Brazil, and, Brazil. Yeah. Oh, so we need a social media campaign. They're playing Wales as well. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no chance. Wales, <laughs> so, you know, get tweeting, get hashtagging, get me in there. Brazil. Mate, Brazil I, got a lot of scrum though. Yeah, well, mate, Coley ain't going to want to... Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Why are you being horrible? <laughs> you can't say that. Why are you being so horrible? Mate, I don't know. I ain't worried about the scrum. Yeah, that's all yeah. I'm saying. Mate, well, I'm key, mate. I see myself as a manager for them. The Real Ben 10. Uh, what do you think of the current state of the rucks where you're allowed to stack up at the back and create a chain to get a clearance kick away? It's in the laws. You're allowed to do it. The only thing that I, the only thing that does my little the five bit, seconds. Yeah, referees don't. They they say use it, and then you can actually count to five, and they still haven't used it. So as soon as the first referee that penalises a team that's doing that after he said use it, we get the biggest cheer ever. But nothing wrong with it. I think that is the way to combat it. That's what they should do. They yeah. need to start implementing that rule. Yeah. Well, we we used to spend hours at Ulster last couple of years of my career, hours and doing like box kick setups, doing and you bind on him and then you stand there so you can be, uh, you can't be in front of the ball and you're not bound and like all in, in intricacies, that's easy for me to say, yeah. of it. Um, so yeah, they, if they start implementing, if you can imagine them trying to rush to set that up in five seconds. Yeah. It's the only way you're going to change it. Yeah. 
Right, shall we finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly? Yes, let's. Uh, the good, plenty of good, as ever, in the world of rugby this week. We'll start off at the World Cup and New Zealand. Look back to their best after being dismantled by England the week before. They dismantled Wales in the bronze medal game uh, with departing players Ben Smith, Sonny Bill, Crotty and Kieran Reid all having excellent games, especially Ben Smith with a couple of tries. Um, let's get away from the World Cup for a minute because I'm pretty sure we all know where it's going back to. But what else was good? Uh, the Saints, three from three in the Premiership. Last time they started that well, they won it. They absolutely obliterated a Quinns team on Friday night. Brilliant comms again from my mucker, Jim Hamilton. Uh, but Saints looking good. Naira Voro, what a beast. He's going to take some stopping. Um, what else was good? Leicester finally putting an end to their worst ever home run with five defeats on the spin they've had. They beat Gloucester with a last minute kick by Tom Hardwick to get a crucial victory for them. They're going to need those England boys back as soon as possible. Uh, Wasps, of course. My club. Wasps. Uh, beating Bath 30-22. Looked pretty good. Fekitoa played well. Sopawanga played well. Brad Shields played well. Dan Robson played well. We're back. We're going for the top four, boys. What else was good? We'll go back to the World Cup for a minute. I know. I'm not ready to give out the good yet, but we're going to talk Wayne Barnes. He's in the good this week. He's been given the World Rugby Referee of the Year Award. Of course okay. he has. He's the best in the world. And yet they still didn't give him a semi-final. Ridiculous decision from World Rugby, that was still. Uh, anyway, congrats to Wayne Barnes. Um, that's his last World Cup. And we wish him all the best as ever. Can't wait to see him back in the Prem. Uh, he's a brilliant bloke, brilliant referee, and rightly got Referee of the Year. What else was good? We'll go to the Guinness Pro 14, shall we? And we'll talk all things Ireland. The Irish provinces. All four of them won at the weekend. And all four of them are in the top two in each pool. So they've got two in each pool. One's first, one's second. In each pool, they're absolutely dominating the Guinness Pro 14, all since you retired, Darren. Standard. <laughs> uh, so that was a brilliant weekend for them. But there's only one good this weekend, and there's a lot of good about it. South Africa, whether it's Faf de Klerk in his budgies, whether it's Peter Steph de Toy playing like an absolute warrior and winning World Player of the Year, whether it's Khaleesi being the first black captain to lift the World Cup, whether it's Razi Erasmus for just turning South Africa around and turning them into world champions. The good this week goes to South Africa. Absolutely outstanding from minute one to minute 80 and the whole story around the squad and everything they're doing for the country. Just amazing that South Africa win the World Cup and they get the good. The bad, uh, a reasonable amount of bad this week. I just don't know where to go with it. But we're going to start off with England scrum. That was bad. England got absolutely hosed at scrum time and it had a major impact on the result of the game. So that's bad. What else was bad? Guinness Pro 14. We're going to go to Cardiff Blues. They've lost four in a row in the Guinness Pro 14, losing to Munster at home. Not a good start for them. Not a good start for the Cardiff Blues. And we're going to stay in the Guinness Pro 14. And the Southern Kings got humped by 50. Ah. Uh. At Glasgow, 50-0 at Glasgow. Um, What else was bad? Back to the Premiership. Harlequins smashed 40 points to 22. Most points ever conceded under Paul Gustard. That is not good. Uh, But Northampton were pretty special, to be fair. What else was bad? Ben Tamifuna. Anyone heard this story? Nope. So Rassing, his club, and I feel for Ben Tamifuna, he likes his food. He went to the World Cup, apparently 140 clicks. He's come back to Rassing 92. 160 clicks. He's had a lot of sushi and a lot of Kobe beef over in Japan. So, Rassing aren't happy with him and said they're not going to pick him until he's down back near 140 kgs. I mean, that is a big beast, isn't it? What else is bad? Um, I'm going to go with some of the media. Some of the media laying into the England players for not wearing their medals after the game. Let people mourn the way they need to mourn. If they don't want to put a medal on, let them do it. And also, some of the media saying England's performance was embarrassing. Have a word yourselves. It wasn't embarrassing. We just got dominated by a better team. Not for the want of trying. We just weren't good enough on the day. But the bad this week goes to Prince Harry. Oh, what's he done? Naughty boy, Prince Harry. Well, he got in the changing rooms, didn't he? Yeah. With the South Africans, celebrating. Got given a bottle of beer. Well, first and foremost, that's acceptance. He didn't say not out. He didn't hear it on the camera. <laughs> so that's one pint he owes us or one bottle of beer he owes us. And then he had a sip with his right hand. That's a buffalo. And they all called him out on it. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm Prince Harry. I don't need to do that. Pointing at the camera. So Prince Harry. Not only do you owe us one bottle for acceptance, but the second one for Buffalo. So the bad this week goes to Prince Harry for refusing to do his Buffalo. And his glory hunting? Even worse than James Hamilton? Well, yeah. You can't just, you know, you can't just go to the team that wins. Yeah, there was a good picture Mm. of him and his twin brother, though. Kits off. Oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Who is the world champion puncher? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's another story. Oh, yeah. He should have been in the good. Yes. Uh, The ugly. Well, the ugly. There's a bit of news breaking. And it's come from Dan Leo who has tweeted about this. This is the ugly for this week. And uh, basically, Dan Leo's tweeted that 
After playing almost every minute of Fiji's Rugby World Cup campaign, Leone Nakarawa had two weeks off back in Fiji after a long European season, after a long World Cup campaign, and he's gone back to Racing, and now Racing are talking about sacking him. Why? For not turning up straight after the World Cup back in Paris. I mean... If you're asking, you want to think about this because he is unbelievable. You probably don't want to sack him because someone else will snap him up. But um, it's classic tier one versus tier two nation again, isn't it? So mm. tier one boys are going to get really well looked after coming back from a long, tough, physical, mentally exhausting World Cup campaign as well. Fiji played exceptionally well. And I know a contract's a contract, but have some compassion wrestling. They're talking about sacking Nakarawa because he stayed a little bit longer in Fiji than expected. He had two weeks off after the World Cup. Long season. I think the French final was in the middle of August or something crazy like that. So just give him some time to recover because all that's going to happen and we bang on about it on here and Jim banged on about it earlier, player welfare. He won't want to play for you if you're going to force him to play when he doesn't want to play. He's knackered from a World Cup. Give him two weeks off. So the ugly this week goes to, if it is reported as true, Rassing talking about sacking Leone Nakarawa for having a two-week break after the World Cup in Fiji with his family before going back to Paris. That is not on. That ugly. Thanks, Goody. And you've got a shout-out to finish off with, haven't you, Jim? Yeah, I have. Um, came through my DMs. I got a message from a guy who's calling himself... Nay! Horse 5v1. Uh, so this week he's laid up in a hospital in Edinburgh. I mean, nice hospital was in Edinburgh, I think, because it's Scotland. After dislocating his hip. Ooh, sweet oh. Jesus. And fracturing his pelvis playing for Forrester. So I wanted to give you a quick shout-out. Wish you well, and uh, bloody hell, I hope the hip and the fracture in that pelvis heals up. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.